Sedano LZ and Cap with you here. Clint Yates hanging out with us today. Clinton, thank you so much. It's my normal for... music when I appear, but now I'm here. Yeah, this is show. your this this is part of your uh, you know your entrance music. No, thank you. By thank the way, crushing. I got to give you some credit, man. Crushing. I do my Did best. you expect anything less? Is that what you're... No, it's not that. It's not that I expect anything less. It's just that I haven't had the chance to work with Clinton like this, and uh, and he's crushing. That's all. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. I was a little jealous today in our pre-show meeting, and I, I don't want to take up too much time on this, but you were chowing on this chicken cheesesteak, man. Oh. Looks bomb. That's a staple, bro. You know what I'm saying? When, when, yeah. when in doubt, I go to Jersey Mike's for the chicken cheesesteak. Um, before we get to Sean Farnham, Greg actually tweeted, speaking of Greg, Greg uh, put, not tweeted, but put in our text chat a uh, really fun story, Greg, about the Dodgers and the Padres. What was the story you put in there today? Oh, this is great. Thanks, Greg. Apparently not available. What happened to him? But Dynamite drop in. I'm talking right now. I'm, t- oh. I'm talking. No, no, you weren't. Now you are. Yeah, you, you weren't mean, earlier. I, yeah. I was talking and the mute yours. button was off. That wasn't on me. That was yeah. not on me. Um, yeah. Either way, it was about which guy on the Padres and the uh, and the Dodgers that would start a, a, a bench-clearing brawl. I can speak, I swear. Who's most likely, right? Yes, yes, who's most likely Did to Did we rattle you because your mic wasn't off. working? What happened there? Yeah, Talk it threw me all off. My mic yeah. was on. It didn't work for whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, things You happened. sounded rattled. And it was weird because you haven't been rattled in a while. It's been a little while, but, you know, it happens every once in a while. It always comes back. It's not like it goes anywhere. It's there. <laughs> I had him rattled pre-show because we were Why? talking about his microphone. I said, let me take a look at it. And I, I examined it. And, um, and it's, what are you, a proctologist? You're examining his stuff? Right. Like, what are you Actually, you no, no. He likes I'm raisinets. A, no, no. What do you think? No, no. I'm a urologist. Excuse <laughs> okay. me. Okay? And I examined his microphone, and he's, a, he's got a gamer mic, dude. And I'm like, yo, that's, that's yeah. why you sound like crap on the air, you know? This is so unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the, the guy, Keone Kella, is the one that's supposed to have the is supposed to start the uh, brawl mostly for the Padres. Keone Kella is a is a he is a reliever. You're from San Diego. He's a, he's a reliever. He was with Texas. He was with uh, Pittsburgh, and he's been suspended a bunch of times for causing some altercations. Yeah. Well, nobody knows uh, who he is. Well, Trevor Bauer, right, has got to be the guy, guy for the Dodgers. Tommy Pham is the answer here. Okay. Joe Kelly. Joe is Kelly is the answer, and he can actually fight too. So, well, you're saying oh, Tommy Pham. Well, you know, Tommy Pham got stabbed in the back at a strip club right after the Padres got bounced by the Dodgers. Guy's lucky to be alive. Seriously. I'm not About joking. that around. action is what I'm saying. He knows his way around, you know, an entanglement or two because he survived one. I'll throw out another name for you, though. The guy who last year kind of started it all with, uh, with, with uh, Clayton Kershaw, and that was Trent Grisham, the Padres outfielder who hit a home run and then gave him a stare. And then Dave Roberts after the game was like, Yo, you know that that's Clayton Kershaw out there? That is disrespectful. I think that guy, Trent Grisham, he might get the fight started. Yeah, maybe. He's also the guy that made that error in the wild card game that allowed the Nationals to advance and eventually win the World Series. Just want to remind everybody that. That's the only thing I know him for, and that's the only <laughs> thing I will know him for because he's messed up. And the Nationals would have lost, and the Dodgers would have gone all the way through. Alas! So, you know. I wouldn't have met you, but I did. And guess what? <laughs> true, they also true. Won, won a World Series. How about that? Yeah. I do think Trevor Bauer, though, you know, there's been a bunch of stuff that's recently been reported like, okay, he's kind of a quirky guy and he's a really big self-promoting sort of camera follow me with everything I do. I'm living in a vlog YouTube kind of world. And I could see Trevor Bauer who, you know, had that that one eyed strikeout in spring training. I could see him instigating a fight and I could see him instigating it with Manny Machado 
at the plate. Those two guys, there could be some oil and water going on right there. Yeah, that's possible. I, I mean, I would love. I mean, this is going to sound terrible to say, but like, I wouldn't mind some some bad blood boiling over between these two squads. Oh, my oh of God. course not. It'd that's be great for that's, everyone. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. You know? That is what we want. I mean, look, they're going to play each other nineteen times this year. And, and the Padres are nipping at the heels of the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are standing tall like, yeah, we're like the eight-time division champs and we just won the World Series, so you little guys down there can spend all you want, but we're still the big bad Dodgers. But 19 games, bad blood, let's get it started from game one. Yeah, you know, I don't need people throwing baseballs at each other's heads, but I don't mind the, the hands community joining the joining the, the the chat, as we like to say. On the internet. All right, let's see what uh, Sean thinks about all the nonsense we've just discussed. Sean Farnham, uh, ESPN college basketball analyst, UCLA alum, of course, Pac-12 of four teams uh, in the Sweet 16. We got all that stuff to talk about, but before we get to that, Farnham, <laughs> we have way more important stuff to discuss with you. So. Thank you is, for joining us. Is this about us. the cauliflower? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, no. Come on. No. Thank you. You're out on cauliflower? Hold on. Thank Let me you, make sure I'm Sean. On Wait, you're out on cauliflower pizza. Is that right? Yes. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> Have you tried Berg- it? Bergman, Bergman yes. predicted and said he guarantees 100% you're all in yeah, he did. on cauliflower he crust did do that. pizza. Yeah, UCLA on UCLA. No, 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 no. I've tried it. My wife, my wife made me try it one night. I tried it. I like took two bites and I was like, honey, like this might be here for me, but no chance. Wait, did she tell you ahead of time what it was? No, no. Oh, so you, you, you took it unbeknownst to you. You did not know you were eating cauliflower pizza. Yes, and I was like, what is wrong with the crust on this pizza? This does not okay. taste normal. Because it, it happened to me today. Now, granted, this was just a frozen pizza that they, she put in the oven, and then I saw it on the counter, and I grabbed the slice, and then after the fact, she told me that that's what it was, and I said, which I'm sure you saw on social media, it didn't taste any different to me. A ringing endorsement. <laughs> no, not a ringing yeah, no, endorsement. It tastes, it tastes different. I don't know where, where you go get your pizza, though. I mean, like, you could be eating some really low-grade pizza, like, on a normal basis, and, like, maybe there is a big difference. Are oh, you challenging okay. my pizza, yeah. you know, prowess here? Like, it's just a frozen pizza. Where do you go you know? get your pizza? Where do you well, go get your pizza? You just said you have a frozen pizza. So, well, like, it was what, a frozen pizza. pizza and it, didn't, it did not taste any different than any other frozen pizza I've had. <laughs> Can we get out of the kitchen? I have basketball questions to ask you, Sean. Wait, because we're I not done know. yet. Hold on. <laughs> Chocolate covered raisins. Yes or no? Come on. Ken. In. Yes. yes, sir. What's what? wrong yes, with sir. you? Oh, Thank you, sir. It's getting Thank worse. You. This is what I was afraid of, George. Somebody's with me on, on these no. chocolate-covered raisins. Thank Far you. No. I, had, I had them on the set in Bristol last oh. week. I bought a bag oh, of raisinettes and a half cap. Yep. Gross. Yep. No, fantastic. Outstanding. Good taste. Nice to hear somebody else with good taste no. on the airwaves here this afternoon. No, you can't eat raisins after you're six. That's it. That's the rule. Ageism. Ageism is what that is. And that's that's a raisin hater is what that is. That's hating. <laughs> yeah. That is a great term. The raisin haters of America. I will make T-shirts <laughs> and I will right. wear them. Now ask you basketball. Go ahead. Go All ahead. right. Let me ask you a basketball question, Sean, because obviously your alma mater is doing good things. Not only have they locked each other, not locked each other, locked a bunch of guys down defensively in the first half, but they've won three games. You know, the play-in element for a blue blood school like the one you not only went to but played at, what do you think the mindset was for this team going into it from an expectation standpoint? Uh, you know, I think that the way they finished the regular season when they lost the four straight games that they lost and the manner in which they lost, including the one against USC on the out-of-bounds underneath uh, with, without defending that three-point line and Taj Edi hit the big shot. Yeah. 
I think that allowed Mick Cronin to be like, guys, do you understand that the way you're trying to do it doesn't work? We have to be better at the defensive end of the floor. This is such a good offensive team. Not great, but very good offensive team for UCLA that if you play solid to above average defense, you're going to give yourself more than an ample opportunity to win games. If you have a little bit of toughness, you have a chance to win games. And that's the one area where this team struggled throughout the course of the year. And Nick Cronin talked about it. He said, hey, look, he even said earlier in the year, look, my team scores 74 points, 73 points. We win 95% of the games that we play, and we're losing them. And so I think that it was like, hey, the season, do we want to continue to play? If we do, let's try it this way and see what happens. And they, they showed up and they showed out. And I expected that Michigan State game to be exactly what it was. Uh, Michigan State had been playing some of the best basketballs played all season long to even get into the tournament, uh, beat two number one seeds, beat a two seed. And a lot of people felt they shouldn't have been in the playing game. Uh, and for the Pac-12 that has nationally been disrespected for a long, long time, but in particular this season, um, it, it was great to see the conference have as much success as it had in the opening weekend. But really happy for a guy like Johnny Dubang, who went to Kentucky, came back home uh, to have the success that he's had in the first three NCAA tournament games that he's played in. When you're, when you're tying and breaking Reggie Miller records, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, and, and I think Johnny Juzang has been a huge part, obviously, as well as Jaime Hotez in the Bruins' success. Sean, give me an opinion about the conference and the conference prepping UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Oregon State, really, for the tournament. Because when teams get bounced, a lot of times they want to blame the conference. The conference didn't prepare us for the tournament. You never really hear that excuse from Gonzaga. But I just want to hear what you think about the Pac-12, the success they've had thus far in the tournament, and how it prepared the four teams that have made it to the Sweet 16. It was a br- it's, it's a breath of fresh air for people that like Pac-12 basketball because for so many years we haven't had any success in the NCAA tournament, and it shows. I mean, Oregon's been the most successful perennial program that we've had in the last couple of years. Um, so it's a breath of fresh air. I think this thing for me and my big takeaway from the Pac-12 this year in particular has always been this. I thought the top of the conference was really good. Uh, I thought the bottom of the conference was atrocious. So when you have the bottom half of your conference not perform up to par, when Arizona State, which was preseason you know, top 25, fails to even remotely look like a top 25 team all season long, then the national narrative of your conference is it's not very good. And because of that, there were, there were multiple weeks where like USC would get in the top 25. They would lose the game. They'd fall out of the top 25. They'd be replaced with like Colorado who beat them. UCLA would beat Colorado. Colorado would fall out. UCLA would go in. UCLA then would lose to Oregon. Oregon would go in. And then USC would beat Oregon, and then they'd be back in. But never did they ever give them enough respect where all of those teams were like, hey, you know what, they're beating up on each other a little bit here, but because they're all pretty good. And instead, what it was looked at as a national narrative was set was the conference isn't very good, so those teams aren't very good and aren't very reliable. And I think when you look at the talent level, in particular at USC and Oregon this year, with the top-shelf talent of, of Chris Duarte, and obviously uh, the Mobley brothers have just been sensational all season long, but Evan, in the, the expectations that he'll be either the number one or number two pick in the NBA draft, the talent level is there. Uh, they just had to get back out of conference to kind of prove how good they are. You know that uh, Mick Cronin was on with us earlier, and he said he's going to try cauliflower crust pizza. Oh, my God. Get off of it. Raising it's nasty, and cauliflower does not belong on pizza in the crust. Uh, All I'm saying is that the head coach of your school said on this very show earlier today. He he didn't say he was going to like it. 
He said he tried he said he it. Try I tried it. it. I didn't he like it. Would, Thank he you. Would try it. I'm with All you. right. W- one more thing, because you, you do the basketball thing as well as anyone doing it, and we appreciate you coming on to do that. Uh, but we did have one more controversial Sedano take today. Are you ready? I cannot wait. <laughs> the under The Undertaker overrated. What say you, wrestling fan Sean Farnham? Wait, that's your take. That that's your your legitimate take is that. Thank yeah. you. That's oh, thank you, with. Sean. That's oh, he's basically he's take. Kane. He's Kane with better marketing. And it really came down to the Undertaker versus Chris Chris Bosh. Well, we ha- we play a game. Who, yeah, to your bell. point, we we play a game called overrated, underrated, properly rated, and it was Louis Anderson, Chris Bosh, and the Undertaker. And I said Chris Bosh underrated, Louis Anderson properly rated, the Undertaker in that group overrated. No. No, no, Thank no, you. No. Work with us. No. The dead man? Like when his music has – yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you've been to a couple live events. I'm assuming maybe you showed up at Many times over. Many times over. Many times over. And when, and when that, that music hits and the lights go out, that is a show just by itself, let alone the gimmick and everything else. Let's like say that today, like the fiend and the character that Bray Wyatt has, has developed is – you know, yeah, he's like, like a, a fake Undertaker. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. He's like Raven no, meets the Undertaker. Bray Wyatt. It's the best character that they've come up with. Remember Raven? Undertaker. Remember Raven back in the in the old days? Yeah, like he's just horrible. Raven meets the Undertaker. Thank you, thank you, Sean, no. for bringing some 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 diplomacy and decency to the proceedings. Because yeah. people out here are slandering the name of the Undertaker. Well, I'm which just is saying, unheard look, of. I mean, my, you like ra- you like raisins, though. What are we going to do here? Listen, you know let me I mean? tell you something. This is a very solid appearance by Sean. He's sixty six percent so far. He's I mean, out on on cauliflower pizza. Curve. He's in yeah. on raisinets, and he's in on the fact that the Undertaker is yeah. not overrated. He's yeah. two for three, sixty six percent. That's a very solid appearance, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's that was pretty much what I got in my math classes too. So I, I'll take it. <laughs> Fair enough, Sean Farnham. You're the best, buddy. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again, bro. All right, guys. Enjoy. Talk soon. See ya. Enjoy All those right. raisins. Look at that. Hey, listen. You know, Farney and I go way back, and he knows that I, you know, I, I am man, a man of uh, strong conviction. So there you have it. All Indeed right. Coming are. up next, we've got more strong convictions about the Lakers. I know plenty of people on hold want to talk about this Kyle Lowry rumor. Yep, you heard that right. Kyle Lowry to the Lakers. Could it happen? We'll talk about it next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I love Thanks it. Thanks to Sean Farnham for joining us there. Yeah. He was very upset. He's still tweeting about The Undertaker. He's tweeting about cauliflower pizza. He's, he's, he's had it. He is. You have been very controversial today. I mean, your take I, on cauliflower I, pizza. I'll try. You know, your, your take on the Raisinets not being eaten. They should not be eaten by anybody over six years old. Yep. Yeah. That's, whole, that's, that's drastic. Your, that's your Undertaker drastic. take. Mm-hmm. You got to take on The Undertaker. You gotta, Undertaker take. Yeah. yeah, you got you got you've you've been very controversial I mean, today. It is what it is. Very know? political. <laughs> I'm just you know it's all about authenticity, baby. Just be you and don't apologize for it. Right, that's the deal. Uh, so 
Speaking of not apologizing, I am not apologizing for the fact that I think if these Kyle Lowry rumors are accurate and Woj is saying don't sleep on the Lakers with Kyle Lowry, I am in, all in on Kyle Lowry as a Laker. And if it takes Dennis Schroeder and perhaps Montrez Harrell and probably some asset, uh, a young player or a pick or whatever, although the Lakers don't have very many picks to give up, I am in because I think that this team at the moment needs an injection of life. Okay, LeBron is going to be out probably for the next three or four weeks. And AD is probably going to be out around the same amount of time. And when you look at the schedule, okay, it's not super forgiving. And there's not a lot of gimmies, okay? There's a Cleveland in there somewhere. There's like a Sacramento in there somewhere. But there's not a lot of gimmies with the Lakers. So because of that, I, I, I just think you have to make a move that these guys they have on this particular roster are not going to get the job done. And you got to stay afloat. Okay, not only do you have to stay in the playoff picture, which I think they can, but you want to try your best to avoid that play-in scenario. And with this group, Clinton Yates, I don't think they can do that. I don't think they can do it unless the guys are back anyway. And that's what my point is. This is I'm almost on full Kaplan at this point. You know, and like on Monday, he was full doomsday. It's never going to happen. They're not coming back. It's not going to work. But at this point, if you're dealing away players you literally just picked up this season for the sake of trying to defend your title that to me is an indication of a larger scramble that I just don't think is necessary you people hit me up talking about I'm a hater I'm not a hater the Lakers are a good team that's the whole point but when you're missing arguably the best two players in the league and no captain likes to hear me say that well that's then right. you know what sometimes you just got to Work with that and hold that because you're not necessarily going to be better removing certain parts to get one other player. I, I just listen, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It's just not what I would do. I think this team is talented enough, and I think it's going to require that they come back anyway for this to matter. And so shuffling off a couple bodies does not necessarily help you. It just means that you've ratcheted up the expectation level when it's already high as a mug, Cap. You know what I'm saying? I do, and I just, again, I go back to the beginning of the year where everybody had the same opinion, which was on paper the Lakers are significantly better than they were a year ago, and last year they won uh, you know, a championship. And the fact of the matter is this. Wesley Matthews has been quite a big letdown. Marcus Saul has been a letdown. Can I ask everybody a question here? But mm -hmm. um, should should Marcus Saul, who's who's been out now, what is it, eight games or so? You know, we heard at first it was like COVID protocol. You know, it, it, nobody ever said he had anything, and it's been a long time. So I'm starting to, since there's very little out there, I'm starting to wonder. Well, like, Vogel said that he had been out for so long that he had to get back into playing shape. Which can, I'm going to have to start taking leaps since nobody's giving me information. And the leap I will take is that he probably then had a positive case. I don't know. Maybe, you know, they don't have to release that information. That's fine. But the point is, is that Matthew's been a disappointment. Gasol's been a disappointment. Okay. Schroeder has brought energy. And I think Montrez has been good and solid, although a little mysterious on Twitter. Here's for me. I've been trying to sell this from the get-go. Don't do anything. Wait for LeBron and AD to get healthy and play the long game. You believed that you had a championship roster. But the fact is, without those two guys, you don't. You have a very mediocre, average roster. But with those two guys, now you have a championship roster. So why make moves? I'm not saying you should never try and improve. But to me, you're going to have to think about the long game. And this may not be, you may have to deal with reality, this may not be a championship year if those two guys don't come back fully healthy.
Sure. I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree with that, but I mean, I, I think they will come back. Um, I think that you have, look, this team, the one thing I thought they could hang their hat on was defense. And even without LeBron, I thought that they could at least be a team that was you know, competitive defensively. Granted, small sample size theater here, but that has not looked like the case here recently. Nope. So, go ahead. You know what I was going to try and sell you on? Let me try. Let me. Here's what I was going to try and sell you guys on on Monday. You ready? Here's the silver lining in the injuries to these two guys in particular. I and again I said I was going to try and sell this as a silver lining. Frank Vogel is going to be able to walk into that locker room and prove to this whole team. Guess what? Um, As your coach, as your leader, without our two best players, I'm going to devise a game plan with my coaching staff that's going to keep us alive. And when those two guys come back, everybody here is going to have that much more appreciation for coaching. Uh, I I was going to try and sell that. Okay, so this is the Frank Frank Vogel revenge tour, is what you're saying, on some level? I'm saying that, look, without LeBron and AD, everybody's kind of exposed. That's all. That's fair. I do think this is going to be the hardest challenge that Vogel has had to deal with as a coach. And that includes all of the – I mean, from a basketball standpoint. Um, because I think I, – I understand your point, George, about what the necessity for Lowry is. But I just think there's a sort of a human capital standpoint where you're thinking, like, this is, this is a lot. I used this analogy earlier in the show. A lot of people coming in and out of the house. You know what I mean? And I don't necessarily love that in terms of what exactly Cap said. Like, yo – I thought, I'm sorry, this team won the title. I thought you thought these guys were pretty good. What are we doing here? If everybody's injured, you can accept that as what the expectation level changes to. And so, listen, if you end up dropping in the playoffs to the point that, I don't know, you're playing in the playing game, well, maybe your team wasn't that good to begin with, you know, and that's fine. But that's not the case. LeBron James and AD are out. When they get back is how you have to roll your dice. I just don't think it makes sense to upset the apple cart at this point anymore. I really don't. 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard and get in on the discussion. 877-710-3776. We'll take some of your calls, plus big deal or no deal. We play our game coming up in four minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. All right. We're going to start here today. And uh, Clinton, you can go first on this. All right. Amazon is telling their drivers that they must give biometric consent such as facial recognition so they can track them as a condition of the job and they will lose their jobs if they refuse is this a big deal or no deal that's a huge deal that's a civil rights violation on like multiple levels like i got the chills just thinking about that you gotta have my facial recognition to make sure i can put boxes on people's porches what kind of (laughs) sense does that make you're tracking people already i mean listen i used to work for the washington post i was there literally the day bezos bought the daggone thing you can look that story up if you want to read it this is weird sorry don't need facial recognition anyway in life never mind for people that are trying to work for you and make you money this is a way overreach for me let me hear this one more time just just set the story up one more time all right so amazon is telling their drivers they must give biometric consent such as facial recognition so they can track them as a condition of the job and will lose their jobs if they refuse 
and and is there any more information about track them for what reason? I'm just curious uh, because let me ask you guys like a question. AI, it's like an AI in the van. No, no, he's wondering why they want to have the right, facial because here's the thing. Let me. I'll sure tell you there. guys this right now. When when I use my iPhone, I get in through facial recognition. When right. I use a bunch of apps on my phone, oh, it's through facial that. recognition. So I mean, I'm not really sure what is what is so wrong with wanting facial recognition. I'm not. Well, I'll really, tell you quickly. I'll tell yeah. you quickly. It's what the what the belief of what would be done with the data is. And number two, we don't have to get all into this, but the way facial recognition works is not exactly, let's just say, egalitarian in terms of what it does. It's what you do with the information you have. It's not just about the inconvenience of doing it. That's what people Correct. don't trust. That's what people don't trust. Correct. That's what you it guys. Is. You, you guys got uh, Facebook on your phone? I don't. Listen. I'm not implying that I don't know that the world could watch me at any given moment if they so chose. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I don't have to do that necessarily to opt in on a binary level to make a buck for Amazon. That's what my point is. That's I too know, much for me. I know. It just Agreed. feels like, though, like, like companies will drug test people, right? And some people might think to themselves, hey, wait a second. Whoa, hold on. What are you looking Thank for? Thank God this place doesn't. So yeah. that's good. But what I'm saying is, is like people sometimes feel like, wait, you know, you're violating my space here, man. If I can do the job and I can do it well, why do you need to know what's in my urine? Agreed. I mean, this is we're on the same page on this one. Right. It's it, it, it's, to to yeah. me, right, it's similar in that regard. Um, I, I agree. I agree with Clinton. Obviously, I don't, I, you know, I, to me, it's no deal. Um, Kaplan, did you give a no deal or a big deal? I didn't I'm going to give hear. a no deal here. Okay. All right, okay. fair enough. Next, Greg, what's next? <laughs> on to the next one. On to the next one. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. The drop. Hey, what a, whatever works. All right, Cap, we're going to start with you on this one. Yes, so sir. you all know that Miley Cyrus got her start as Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. But apparently that was not what her original name was supposed to be. Her oh. original name was supposed to be Alexis Texas. <laughs> so, so cap yeah this is a big deal or no deal and if you don't know who alexis texas is she is a porn star okay okay so that by was the way, a dynamite drop in by the way yeah <laughs> i didn't know that alexis texas had a uh had a resume that i could go now look up on you porn i had no idea you'll have to excuse me on not knowing that hannah montana was a good name i like miley cyrus party in the usa this is definitely not a nashville party i like miley cyrus i liked hannah montana but i'm gonna say no deal Hmm. this is a big deal for me namely because my main sort of linkage to miley cyrus and hannah montana is through other rappers saying that word migos have yeah. a great song called hannah montana hannah montana hannah montana that's how it goes repeating it over and over and lexus okay alexis texas is a different name but like lexus and texas has been around in sort of the rap world rhyme world for a while so i'm like familiar with that couplet in a way that i wasn't with hannah montana before that came about so yeah this is a big deal to me hannah montana was a better name so that i'm glad that worked out uh, I did not know uh, Lexus Texas was a porn star, um, but I would imagine that when doing the research, uh, I, I don't know who can you know. I would imagine that she was out b- around before uh, Hannah Montana. My guess is the uh, the folks uh, who created Hannah Montana at the Walt Disney Company were probably aware of that, hence why they win Hannah Montana. So, but big deal because clearly they got it right. Thank God somebody was researching. Good rhyme, Hannah Montana. Good good rhyme. Great run. Next. <laughs> on to the next one. On to the next one. Stop. <laughs> Big killer alert. Big right. killer. <laughs> so, one of the t- uh, so one of the Twitter goats, Rex Chapman, 
posted yes. a video today about Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. Apparently, there's a, you can see on the one of the videos that he posted that Jim Carrey cameoed in his own film as Fire Marshal Bill at the at the end scene when he was chasing down the plane. There you can see Fire Marshal Bill in the background uh, at doing his thing. Which so, movie George, was this? Liar Liar. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah, so if you go to I'm Rex to Chapman on Twitter right now, you can find it was about five hours ago. You can see it. And uh, so George is a big deal or no deal. Uh, that is a big deal. Now I, you know, I've seen that movie before multiple times, and I never noticed that. So uh, I think that's kind of cool. Now, look, I love when guys make cameos as other characters in their own movies. Hence, why I love the original Coming to America, and I have yet to watch Coming to America uh, for said reasons. Now that you know, I, I got to wait till my expectations drop off to a point where I don't care anymore. Uh, but good. yeah. I, I do like it. I, I do like that. That's uh, that. That I, it just shows like guys' versatility, and I and I do think if you are a fan of Jim Carrey, and I am, uh, I think that you'll find that cool. So big deal. I'm going to say no deal because how old is this movie now? Liar, liar. What are we really talking old. here? Yeah. How long? Ancient. Very old, like 20. Years. Yeah, really old, right? I mean, so so I'm saying no deal because it's taken me at least 20 years to realize it. Thanks, Rex Chapman, for putting it out there on somebody's TikTok. Um, I do like when people do this, though, like when they just sort of hide things for a little bit of symbolism inside of something. So I think it's cool. It's just that I didn't know about it forever, and the movie's so old, so I'm going no deal. Easter egg. Definitely a good Easter egg. But yeah, I don't need to wait two decades to find that out. And for those of you who are not good with contemporary pop culture stuff, I'll tell you something else. Liar Liar was not the most popular movie that Jim Carrey did by a mile. He had a hot streak there between Ace Ventura, mm -hmm. uh, Dumb and Dumber, uh, The Mask, which mm -hmm. Liar Liar was nowhere close to any of those. It was so the, like, yeah, definitely on the bottom of the rung. It, there. You know, so like yeah. let this I love Jim Carrey. So like this is a nice little bit. Fire Marshal. I'd have watched the whole Fire Marshal Bill movie. You know what I mean? Before I watch Liar Liar again, even though it was, it was all right. I remember seeing it. It was okay. Yeah. Next. There it is. Mm. Yeah, that's way better that way. Uh, all right. Clint Not really. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. All right. So Draymond Green is saying that he is the best defender in the history of the NBA. Mm. Clinton, is this a big deal or no deal? Okay. So I saw this, and I immediately saw all the ridiculous like replies they were like this isn't even possible it doesn't make sense but there is a there's a path to victory here mm. which is that if you grade this on the scale of he's played against the best offensive players in the history of the game and he is understood as one of the best defensive players in the game okay that's it i don't think he's the best defensive player ever <laughs> just saying there's a metric though to make this make sense i just don't happen to believe it so big deal nah no deal Yep, I'm going no deal across the board so far today because Draymond wants us to make it a big deal. He wants us talking about him. He wants to, to create clickbait, and he says stuff like this, and it's like, dude, uh, we're really not paying that much attention to you right now because without Steph and without Clay, you guys are kind of like in the same spot that the Lakers are in right now. So keep talking, but I'm not buying. Uh, look, I think that Draymond Green is an unbelievable defender. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, he's pro he, I would say this, all time, he's in like the top 20. You can make the case he's in the top 15 even, uh, maybe top 10, but I'm not going any further than that. I don't even think he's the best defensive player on the planet right now playing currently. That would be Kawhi Leonard in my opinion. And I'll tell you this. Here's a little bit of an upset. The guy who I think is the best defender I've ever seen play is a guy who never gets credited as a defender, although he did win two Defensive Players of the Year award, Hakeem Olajuwon.
So big deal, but not for the reasons you think. Yeah. All right, next. next? On to the next one. <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah. There it goes. Uh, all right. Production Marvel here. We got that. And by the way, Michael yeah. Cooper was one of the best of all time. So let's just you know give him some. Respect. Uh, I don't have him in my top twenty. Um, that's just me. Personally. Really? This yeah, no. Larry Bird said he was the toughest defender. I, he Larry ever Bird, right? Well. Uh, Kobe Bryant said Tony Allen was the greatest defender he ever faced. I don't have Tony Allen in my top 20 either. Well, Tony Allen doesn't belong in there. All right. So but Tony Cal- Allen, Tony Allen Tony and Michael Cooper, Kobe just Bryant, outside yeah. that top 20. Like, honestly, if I was looking at, like, 21 and 22, it would be them. So they're close to top 20. All right. Do you want my Fair top enough. 20? I'm going to work mean, on my top 20 by tomorrow. I'm going to have my that. whole 20. I'll see you guys next week on that one. Yeah, the full time. <laughs> right, yeah, we don't I mean, need it's going to go take me from now till tomorrow, 24 hours, to build my top 20. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Cap. Magic Johnson got the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine today. Is this a big deal or no deal? Big, big, big deal that Magic got his first vaccination shot, that he did it in public. He did it with a, at a press conference with the mayor. Um, he put it on full display for everybody to see. I think it's a really big deal, and I'll just give you one reason as to why that is, because – There are people in America right now that still have not made up their minds. Like, am I or am I not? And and I think a couple weeks ago when LeBron said, I'm going to keep that to myself, there were people that went, I'm kind of not really sure, and he doesn't seem, so I may not. I just think this. I haven't gotten vaccinated yet. Thankfully, according to the CDC, my BMI has, has gotten me to a point where I'm now obese and I now can go get the vaccination, and I'd like to go do it. If I could figure out how or find the time, I would. But I think Magic being a community leader and saying to people, I got it. If you can, you should. To me, that is a very big deal. Totally agreed. This is one of the biggest deals I think we've seen out of Magic in a long time. I mean, I can't think of the last time since he, you know, that Magic has done something where I thought, wow, what a move out of that guy. You know, because the bottom line is that the symbolism matters. You know, and it's not just about which community is looking at something or not. It's, it's about shots in arms. I am vaccinated. I got the Johnson & Johnson. I made a point to tell the world about it when I did it because I want people to understand that the only fighting chance we have of getting back to normalcy is hoping that we can make sure that this stuff works. And the way it works is all of us doing it. You know, it requires a buy-in. So, yeah, this, is, this matters to me on a lot of levels, well beyond sort of just basketball and Magic being a great person. Like, please, y'all, come on now. Take the shots. Let's get it. Let's do it. Yep, huge deal. I would agree, and you guys said it already. Um, I'm in on that huge deal. All right, that's big deal or no deal. Thank you, Greg. Uh, thank you, Laura. We got one more segment to go. Um, coming up next, uniforms makes Clinton happy, but certain ones make him angry. We'll get to that <laughs> in just a moment. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So we have also spent a lot of time today talking about uh, Beyond Cauliflower Pizza and Cauliflower Crust, which has been a very uh, polarizing topic on today's show. (laughs) Uh, Kyle Lowry, we've spent a lot of time talking about him. Plus 42 tonight, plus minus, as the Raptors beat the Denver Nuggets and snap their losing streak. The best plus minus mark in an individual game in Kyle Lowry's career. Plus minus, the Raisins of basketball statistics. No. Come on. Raisins are so good. Really? I mean, plus minus is a thing. The Greg really drop is excellent. Can we hear that? Can we get that one more time? Hold on, hold on. Really? Yeah, yeah really, I like really. the Greg really drop. That's oh, geez, that's, that's never good. going away. That's a good, away. One. Yep. That's a good yeah. one. I like really? that. No, I mean, I'm half joking about that, but I mean, plus minus, come on. You know, like that, that, that gets away from the point we were making, which is to me, it's just a lot of activity. I don't like all these people running in and out of my house. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kind of situation with the Lakers right now. It's a good team. They need to get healthy. That's all that really needs to happen. I'm with you, man. I'm telling you, I've been trying to sell this now. Don't make any moves. When LeBron and AD are healthy, all these guys that are playing without them right now that are losing, that's because they don't have the way the team was intended to be built, which is it's these two guys and it's the rest of these guys, and they're interchangeable pieces and parts of a puzzle. But without the two big pieces of the puzzle, you're not going to win a lot of games. So for me, it's like wait for them to come back, and by the way, if they're not going to make it back this year, like fully healthy, play the long game for next year rather than blowing things up and trying to go for it if you don't have these two guys. Because without them, you got nothing. Complete side note, I do feel bad that Kyle Lowry's Raptor career, and he's had a great career there, winning a championship. He's you know the most distinguished player that they've had. They haven't had a lot of guys that have stayed there that long. He's been one of them. Um, will be is in Tampa in front of like six people. <laughs> like That's just a terrible way to go. But, you know, if he ends up a Laker, it'll be worth it. Hey, um, speaking of side notes for a quick moment here, fellas. So yesterday when I I started to watch the Laker game, and this was 4.30 in the afternoon, which knocked us off the air yesterday, and they they trotted out the starting lineup. They had a kid in the lineup named Devontae Cook. We talked a little bit about this in our pre-show meeting. Excuse me, Kaycock. Uh, Devontae Kaycock, right? So for me, I had to go look him up. Okay, when they signed Damian Jones, was that his name? I, I had to yes. go look him up. Okay, and when they when they didn't re- when he didn't come back because he had two ten day contracts. By the way, this guy was a starter. I thought, well, okay, well they're, they're probably going to wind up signing him for the rest of the year. He's a healthy body. Yeah. They didn't. They started Devonte Cook. Okay, so I told Kaycock. you guys. I... <laughs> right, Devonte Kaycock. Um, and I I I didn't know who he was. Literally, I had to go start looking him up. So I look him up on Twitter. Right now, now think about this. You are a Los Angeles Laker. You're an NBA player. You had a decorated collegiate career. You played through the G League. You're on LeBron's team. You're in the same locker room. I had to look him up on Twitter. How many Twitter followers do you suppose? A guy with the resume I just outlined for you. How many Twitter followers does Devontae Kaycock have? I'm going to say somewhere between forty and 50,000 just because even though he, a lot of these guys in college don't have as many followers as you'd think, even guys that went to big programs. So I, I would say forty or 50,000, just that's the Laker bump. And you know why they don't have those things in college? Because coaches are jerks and yeah. are all over them for no reason, and it's not worth it. So I'm going to say this, Cap. I'm going to say more than you and less than me. 
So that will lead people to our Twitter pages to figure out what those numbers are. That's Very, very good job. So look, Devontae Kaycock, when I looked him up last night, I, there was no check mark, so I had to like go in and make sure that I understood oh, who it was. Oh, non-verified. Yeah, wow. so, so this to me was really interesting because, again, you're LeBron's teammate. You're on the Lakers. He was on the roster last year, right? He, he's, he's got himself a ring. So 9,281 followers. Oh. Laker fans, Four your digits. starting center, Devontae Kaycock, thank you, George, has less than ten thou. Let's get That's this kid. Uh, let's get this kid an audience here. You know, I was. What is the what's the IG presence though? This might be also a situation where he's just oh. not on the bird. You know what I mean? Like because this is the thing. This is what I've come to realize, and Greg knows this as well. The bird is aging, y'all. The streets are getting older. You know what I mean? And like Twitter is fine, but like I, nowadays, if I meet oh. anybody who's under thirty, basically, they're not talking to you about Twitter. They're you, talking to you about IG. Am I right on this? You bring up a very yeah. valid I didn't, point. I didn't, and I'm just saying, I didn't know this. I didn't, I didn't I'm, either. I, I'm not cheating. I just, I, I assume that that's the reason why. Because if he, especially if he's not verified, it means he doesn't care about it. You know what I mean? But if his IG is popping, he's getting a movie. 49,400 on the IG. There Bang. you go. Nice yeah, job. That's where, that's where it's working. Yeah, that's where it's working. That's, that's you know. That's why they pay me the big bucks, I guess, because I know what's happening. But it's also why we come to you for clothing advice, and you have had an interesting day today. We were all watching to start the show on ESPN. They had uh, Bucks, Celtics, and I know no one here in L.A. is sad that the Celtics have gotten blown out just again uh, here tonight. But you took exception with something the Bucks were wearing this evening. The Bucks had gray uniforms on, looking like the Spurs. I don't understand this. Why would you go to gray? All of the colors of the rainbow. All of the colors on the palette. The Zards have been doing this. The Washington basketball team, I call them the gentrification grays because I have other issues. But, like, gray is not, uh, like, okay, you don't go to gray as a primary option. That doesn't make sense. Especially not if you're the Bucks, who have a lovely palette of, they got the cream sickles, that are pr- the creams that are pretty nice. They're not cream sickles. They got the, gr- like, I don't know. I don't like gray uniforms if you don't have to have gray in your setup. I think the Bucks are doing themselves a disservice. That's all. You know, I like I like nice uniforms. Those were not nice. That's it. Kyle Lowry left the court crying. By the way, I'm looking at this picture. I just tweeted it out. No he, was so, um, he was so overcome. He knows by he's his gone. Minus. Yeah, his he knows he's gone. So good that he was overcome with emotion. I'm joking. Well, no, he know, yeah that, and he knows he's gone. Um, that's pretty wild. That that that's a pretty good indication of a dude is crying, right? Giving a little peace sign I, to the TV uh, cameras. There, I was joking, but I'm going to tell camera. a quick story about this, and this is actually something I wrote about that I would encourage people to look up. The moment that they won the Dagon Championship, and he pulled. Uh, Masai Ujiri in from that encounter with that dude on the side right. of the court. That mm-hmm. was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. That's how I know that Kyle Lowry is a great teammate, no questions asked. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, by the am way, I, I agree am I with getting you. this right? By the way, that, that Milwaukee and Boston—it's a two-point game now. Milwaukee was killing them. They were killing them. So maybe we're not so sad for the Celtics. Hopefully, Milwaukee and those—it's the gray uniforms. It's got to be the grays. The gentleman's grays. Don't worry. All right, we're done here. Uh, Scott Kaplan, excellent work as always. No, George Sedano, a lot of hot takes today. Brilliant work by you and Clinton. Thank you, man. You were great these last two days. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Love it, guys. Thank you, Clinton. Thank you to Greg and Laura as well and all our guests, Mick Cronin, Sean Farnham, and Lindsay Theory. It is the night show coming up. Travis and Sliwa, get ready. They're going to have some fun with you. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 355. See ya.